Hi. Cooking. God, that worked out so perfectly. Hey, how are you guys doing out there? And Geek Fives Nation this is another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance on our new home of Thursday evenings. Uh, we're going to be doing this from now on on Blog Talk. If you want to listen to the show live, it's going to be 7 until 9 on Thursdays. And we will have a follow-up show on Saturdays unless there's not a lot going on. And then we'll just have this show. You know, it's, 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 it's great. New listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We talk about wrestling. We break that all down. If you guys want to check out geekvibesnation.com, that's geekvibesnation. Uh, you can find, you know, different types of news that we cover um, for various things like video games, comic book movies, just film itself, wrestling, sports. If there's a geek vibe behind it we cover it <laughs> hence the name and uh you also find platforms of our different podcasts on soundcloud and stitcher and spotify itunes just search geek vibes nation wrestling geeks alliance by itself for our show specifically and i have a monday show called monday suck i'm just going to give that a cheap plug cheap pop uh and of course i have my co-host mr christopher brother ray Patton. how you doing sir I am doing wonderful, Dane. Uh, furnace is out in my house, so I work part of the day. Oh. We need a part. Got to get, get a part, so I'll be here uh, tomorrow as well. Um, at least it's not super cold in Georgia right now. I, I will say that. How are you doing, Dane? I'm doing good. You know, I was a little bit. Uh, I was a little bit. Uh, annoyed by work, but um, I'm better because we're talking about wrestling. And, uh, you know, there's the, life is too short to be angry or stressed out. Um, so you're like and, uh, super yeah. ready. So, so you're super ready to get stressed and angry again. <laughs> God damn it. Well, part of it has to do with work and I love my job, but it can be stressful. And, uh, I just, I can get agitated as Chris can tell you. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I definitely, I have some stuff to say, um, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go off a little bit on it. I'm going to stay calm, but I'm just going to just try to explain myself a bit when it comes to what I call, um, and you know, I talk about this on Monday Suck, another cheap plug, uh, of just how terrible fandom has become and how toxic fandom for anything, whether it be something like Star Wars to comic book movies, which is something I heavily covered, you know, Chris knows this. Uh, I still definitely think that you should check out Geek Vibes Live, but I used to be a part of it. I just kind of started getting turned off by comic book movies a bit, uh, basically because of the fan base. And I really shouldn't go in the comment section on Facebook or through a host of a particular podcast I listen to talking about said people 
or someone that I really like as an entertainer, like a Jim Ross, talking about his problems with said people. Uh, I shouldn't let that affect me, but I am passionate about wrestling. I love wrestling. Um, you know, it's it's something that I got back into in the last couple of years, and it's really just kind of taken me to put my my thoughts and my my process and the things that I like towards it, and take my passion a bit out of comic book movies, because you had a fan base, you had three big companies. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to wrap this up really quickly so we can get to reviews, but. You had three big companies with the comp up movies, uh, making comp up films. You had Sony, if you will, who became affiliated with Disney, who is the other, the big one, Warner Brothers. And then Fox, too. But for this, we'll pretend Fox doesn't exist. Uh, but the main <laughs> ones that kind of. Sorry. Fox, Fox is fine. You know, Fox is fine. They have some ups, they have some downs. They're fine, but they're kind of irrelevant a little bit when it comes to this concept. And, and Sony branched with Marvel to kind of do their thing. So you had Marvel that was representing the more flashy product that was cool, a concept that I fucking hated being related to comics. Now, unlike wrestling, wrestling was popular when I was younger. It was the most popular that it ever was. Came off the 80s and 90s was huge with the Attitude Era, WCW, WWE. That's when I grew up. So people were watching wrestling all the time. Comics were a little bit more to me. You know, that wasn't as big until they started making the movies outside of Warner Brothers, who had done a great job, Superman films, some of the, the Tim Burton Batman films, Dark Knight trilogy, so on and so on, um, you know. But it seemed like the fan base for DC films, it's like for the, the newer films that were coming out, they were completely blinded by any bad quality towards the films, some fucking how, and everyone else didn't know what they were talking about, and a lot of the stuff that backed them up with these bad decision-makings for their films was the fact that they had been around and doing this for such a fucking long time. WWE, basically, at that point. The new flashier product with the MCU, their fans just kept on being toxic and really cocky and arrogant. And that, to me, reminds me a lot of your diehard AEW, everything else sucks, go AEW fan base. Just like the, di- the, the, the diehard WWE I can't, I'm blinded by obvious terrible booking because I'm just a devoted fan type of loyalist towards corporate companies, people, corporate fucking companies, even AEW. It's like, just, just, just realize shit. And to me, it just really irritates me when people will completely trash or completely, you know, blatantly be hypocrites about certain things. I mean, the whole Kenny versus Seth Rollins comment wars is a good fucking uh, concept for that. Both of them saying really stupid shit, and the fan base backing the other one and not realizing that both of them are just being dickbags by making comments. You know, I just, I, I don't get it. I stop attacking some of my favorite announcers because they're too old and they're out of date, whether it be a Jerry Lawler or Jim Ross. I'm sure Tony Schiavone doesn't get any hate because he's a fucking angel, but I, I just don't get it going after my favorite older wrestlers sometimes because they have an opinion on shit, you know, it just, it's all stupid wanting Jim Cornette to fucking burn at the stake because you're that diehard of an AEW fan because you just don't understand where he's coming from. Even if he is being ignorant, you know, act like he doesn't have all this logic and knowledge of being a booker and shit like that. I just fucking hate it. And there are a lot of silly shit that happens now in wrestling that bothers the fuck out of me. I try to just be like, it's cool. It's fine. 
But when you hear, hey, there's lots of flavors of ice cream, there's lots of genres, that's the whole thing. There's comedy wrestling, there's hardcore wrestling, that's fine. But when you fucking tell me the actual wrestling is a genre by itself and I'm not supposed to expect that with everything, fuck you. That's all I have to say. And I know who it comes from because I'm a part of the same generation. It's the millennial concept. They, they want to favor a certain thing and make it cooler. And I'm going to blame it on a lot of you younger fucks that were born in the mid-90s that grew up with technology and everything already at your foot. But I will take credit that a lot of everyone has a lot of animosity. They think they know everything. They think they know everything, and they don't really know. Like, they, they like stuff, but they don't even know the details, but they still get bent out of shape. It goes really back to the comic book movies of getting mad about, you know, them casting an actor and not really giving just shit about the comics in the first place, just being a part of the fad and the coolness. And I just don't want it to destroy my love for everything because we have so much good wrestling out there. We have so many options. But I will admit that sometimes it bothers the fuck out of me. So I feel a lot better after saying that. Uh, I think I put it the best way I could, Chris, without being a complete dickbag and doing a Dane rant. I like your Dane rants. Um, So if those are our comparisons to the DC and the MCU universes, does that make New Japan like the sweethearts to maybe win an Oscar? That one-off cup? (laughs) You know, the one-off film that's like, eh, some bitch probably going to sneak in there and win an Oscar. Is that what New Japan is? Well, if if you think about it, and you might not like this comparison, but I kind of would put, I mean, they haven't had obviously as much flaws, but... Hey, the only movie so far superhero-wise, you can be a Marvel or DC fan outside of The Dark Knight. Well, now because of The Joker, but I would say Logan would have been the only one. Maybe uh, New Japan's The Fox. It's got a lot of good shit, but for some reason they just don't get – they got overlooked. But now we don't have to worry about it because Disney bought it. So maybe that means WWE is going to buy New Japan, Chris. Maybe that's what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, hopefully not. Um, well, but you know, I – to take, to take this in, in the perspective that you've taken it into, um, I always look at these conversations like Super Nintendo versus Sega. Because when I was growing up, that was a huge thing. Which yep. console do you have? Um, it doesn't really matter. Like, a lot of the games come out in the same thing, which you could say a lot of the wrestling, at least styles, come out of the same product. Maybe not booked the way that you want or completely exactly the same. Uh, a good example for Sega versus uh Super Nintendo is the Beavis and Butthead game. They're not the same game. They're very completely fucking different, but you have a Beavis and Butthead game on both. Um, Yeah, we're in a weird time period of wrestling. What I would say is, like, if you somehow make it through Tuesday night and Wednesday night watching all of the wrestling that's available and still feel that miserable that you have to spew toxic stuff on the Internet, then you're probably just not a wrestling fan. There's lots of other things you can watch. There's UFC, there's football, there's hockey. Uh, hockey, by the way, if you, if you get into that, I've got a podcast for you. But just in general, hey, there's so it. much other things out there. <laughs> plug it? You're completely allowed <laughs> to. Yeah. podcast, Geek Vibe Nation. Check us out. You can look it up on Spotify, iTunes. No, all jokes aside, but um, yeah. <laughs> There's just so much other things that you could watch. And if you like old school wrestling, WWE has 50 years of it for you. If, if you're that fan, they have that. NWA has you on Tuesday nights. If you want a more old school feel, if you want a high spot show, there's PWG out there. 
if you want, um, you know, a traditional Ring of Honor type show, Ring of Honor is still out there. They still exist. There's so much to watch. It's just this constant battle of which company is better between AEW and WWE. It doesn't actually matter because WWE has three television shows, two of which that pull two million viewers, and they make six point eight million dollars a year, or six point eight billion dollars a year, some weird ass fucking number. It's never going to equate into a normal person's head. Like, don't worry about it. Just be a fan. Like what you like. Don't get so upset. Don't get caught up in, like, Seth Rollins and, you know, Kenny Omega taking shots at each other, which, by the way, they tried to pull the wool over our eyes with that Kenny Omega turning heel. He's not turning fucking heel. He's just having a match with Moxley. Um, oh, God. You know, and that that whole thing, like, the excuses for that, like, Oh, it's not that big of a deal compared to like what Seth did or anything like that, or even what Matt Riddle did. I mean, Kenny was in a, it, he was in character. No, he was in an interview and he never turned heel. So he was just making comments and then doubled down on an episode of their show on YouTube just to be an asshole and literally point out the one guy that made a comment defending himself with Dominic, whatever the fuck his name is. Um, so I just, and I, I didn't I will need say this. fucking bullshit now. I, I, I didn't need that new stuff either. I thought it was all just fucking whatever. Yeah, like Seth's not doing himself any favors uh, right now by just making any kind of comments because they booked him very poorly. So he should just stay off Twitter unless it's start a feud with Dude, someone. Do you know what Jim Ross uh, said about him? Jim Ross got <laughs> out about it on his last episode with Conrad and said he go, and he's like, I like Seth, but he goes, he goes, maybe if he didn't have such an attitude problem, he'd be as over as his as his girlfriend. I was like, oh, jeez, Jr. That's true, but maybe if Kenny Omega didn't have such an attitude problem about him, he'd be as over as, uh, I don't know, Cody Rhodes. Yeah, that's – no, I, I agree. And I didn't like the shot that – and we're going to talk about it. I love the segment, but I just – I think some of the pettiness just needs to kind of wane itself out. And, you know, it, it also – what you were saying kind of applies towards me, though, Chris, in a way. I need to stop letting shit bother me, too, when it comes down to it. I mean, it's wrestling, and, and there are so many options, and who gives a shit? But at the same time, yeah, I mean, those negative voices do have some influence, and that's why it kind of bothers me. Yeah, and and that's the part that sucks is that you know because we're going to cover this, so we're going to see all of it all of the time. Um, what I will say is NWA gives me a fun show every week, and I never see anyone mad about it. So maybe no. everyone just watch the happy show. <laughs> no, and that's what I'm talking about. And that 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 one's on an island, man. I just hate that there, there's even spiteful fans, and I've heard them, and like I've heard Simon Miller and Sullivan Monster and some of the other guys that take callers. I think that Ron Alvarez did this too. It would either be, and I, I know the example has always been people saying this about NXT, but I'm sure it happens the opposite way. I'm not going to doubt that. I don't think anyone's fucking that petty just on one side, but I've heard people be like, I'm not going to even watch NXT either because fuck WWE. I'm an AEW guy. Like they're they're just they're even going to say fuck it to NXT just to be spiteful. Not even I'm going to watch it later on and check it out. I'm just never going to watch NXT anymore because they're WWE. Like I just don't. It's like dude, the Pepsi Challenge. Fuck Pepsi and Coke. Dr Pepper's better than both of them. Jesus. Here, no. Well, here's the crazy part, right? So let's let's go back in AEW's history a little bit. So to be an AEW fan, to become one of their fans, you had to follow wrestling pretty fucking hard. Maybe there's some people that randomly tuned in to TNT, but that does not seem like their fan base. 
So you're watching wrestling, and you obviously have a hard opinion about WWE, and you're reaching out to different outlets. So you've watched the Young Bucks and PWG or Ring of Honor or Cody and Ring of Honor or Kenny Omega um, and oh, fuck, I guess, F4W, uh, what is it, DDT or DDT? Uh, DTT or DDT in Japan um, to New Japan. The real shift was Kenny Omega had a great fucking match with Okada and everything just lined up, the stars aligned, and they they took it somewhere very, very special. But instead of just appreciating that that's a thing that happened and it's actually kind of amazing – we have to break down every single detail about WWE and AEW. Like, I don't – you know what I mean? AEW spun out yep. of something that was very special and Magic. good for wrestling and good for the wrestlers, which is another thing. Wrestling one day a week as opposed to six days a week. Like, if you want to comment about WWE, that should be your comments. Like, the reason people are getting hurt is they're working too much. Um, they're putting them on the road too much, and AEW is doing – you know, one show a week, unless you're, you know, Pentagon, who's wrestling six days a week because he didn't give a single fuck. Jesus Christ. But, <laughs> uh, I, think, I think the point was, was completely missed of, of how that came about and what it is. And the fans that were like, we're just AEW people, was like, well, no, you weren't. Because if you followed – the Young Bucks, and if you followed Kenny Omega, and if you follow these people, you are not a one-company person. It doesn't have to be one good or evil. There's, They went through so many subsidiaries to get to All In. When you're talking about you know, impact uh, in some situations, or um, Ring of Honor, or PWG, or New Japan, which would be the biggest one, the catalyst for all of this. Uh, even going back to that first show, I would say, you know, fucking Okada being there was probably a big deal. Uh, it's not one company. Now, the fan base can claim now that, like, no, we're just all, all elite wrestling, but you're not all elite wrestling. There's other wrestling you liked, that you watched, that you cared about. Unless you just went to Hot Topic and bought a t-shirt and you're just that guy, there's other wrestling that you like. And at one point in time, WWE let you down, and you looked for other wrestling. No one in America just woke up and was like, you know what, I'm just going to watch some New Japan today in the past 15 years because WWE has ran it. It's okay to be like, I'm a lapsed WWE fan. I wish they would get better. But to completely disregard everything WWE's done for 40 years and just shit on it, cool. (laughs) GG, dude. (laughs) <laughs> like that's how I well, would put it, and this is why I don't well, get the comments section. <laughs> oh God! Well, that's that's why that's honestly why I did the comparison because it was like if if you were a DC film fan but you criticized the films, there you know the fan base would come after you, be like, why you know they would get mad at you and they would try to analyze it like something was good when a majority was saying no, it wasn't, and yeah, everything's interpretation, but. You know, it's like they were delusional almost, and I feel like a lot of WWE straight fans are to an extent. Um, I don't know. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, and really when it comes down to Kenny and Seth, which is part of this kind of annoyance with with comments, is that they can kind of do this whole entire thing, 
And I love Kenny Omega and Seth Rollins. They're both in my top five last year, favorite wrestlers. Uh, and I usually kind of base it. And I, I'm probably more catered towards performance in ring than a lot of other stuff, which maybe I should do an overhaul. But, you know, both of them have kind of let me down for a while with even wrestling matches. You know, uh, you could say Seth limited, limited, but it's been a while since the gauntlet match where he really started blowing up in a lot of the matches after that. And it kind of was like a slow simmer for a while now and I'll pull something good but Kenny also I'll say this I'm sorry and a lot of people are going to fucking disagree with me but that's fine um I don't think he's had a really bonkers you know best bout machine match since he went against Pentagon at the first fucking all-in over a year ago I mean obviously he was limited for performing during a lot of that time period but I'm just saying I think that both of them should realize they're not Kazushka Okada I mean really I, I will I will say that um one of the differences and one of the leeways that Kenny Omega has in his current situation, his company, is that he's been able to turn on the gas the past two weeks. Seth can yep. go out there and be like, Vince, I'm having a 25-minute match. I'm going to fucking throw this dude through so many chairs. <laughs> but in AEW, <laughs> Kenny has the advantage to turn that on um, and have those matches because I thought both of his matches with Joey Janela were fucking incredible and yeah kind of you know what they both have great matches and, and they, they show the glimpses of what Kenny Omega can be and probably will be in the Moxley match um, I just you know I'm kind of with you it's with Seth specifically because the crowd isn't behind him he shouldn't be yelling at someone that's super over and then also for Kenny Omega if you have something that – like, if Seth was the person that really offended you, then make the comment at him, not necessarily at everyone else that you wrestled previously throughout your entire Yeah, the whole NXT roster. roster. <laughs> On NXT. Um, yeah, I mean, like, if you're going to call someone out, just fucking call the one guy out. Don't call the NXT roster. And I'm hey, and you know what, Kenny Riddle didn't – I'm, I'm surprised Matt Riddle didn't get on there and be like, "I'll fucking stretch you," honestly, because that seems like something the bro would do, the king of bros. Yeah, I guess must have been advice gave not him. To well, he he just said, you know, you're cool, bro. So you know, me and Matt Riddle are good, and that's that, that's <laughs> fine. I. I want to – I'm trying to wrap this up because I'm sure people are kind of sick of me rambling about BBB, you know, wrestling. But I I do – we do cover it a lot. We're always in the trenches. I'm listening to podcasts at my actual job at a warehouse constantly. Most of them are wrestling-related. So I'm in the know, and when you are, you kind of see a lot of aggressive – and something I also want to say, just let everyone know that's on Twitter – not everyone is on Twitter, and the opinion of Twitter is not the opinion of everyone else, just because it's a loud fucking screaming outlet <laughs> with, 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 you know, typing abilities. But when it comes down to it, just don't be a dickbag. Everyone just enjoy this fucking amazing era and quit bitching. You know, it's, there's really no reason to. I mean, if you want to criticize, criticize. And if you have your problems, if you have similar problems like me – don't feel fucking weird for being like, I don't want to just like one thing or the other. I just want to enjoy wrestling for what it is. But 
some of the younger fucking, you know, fans, what they like make me feel sometimes like I'm Jim Cornette as well. And I don't want to feel like that, but it just, I'm not going to not be honest. I'm not going to not, I'm not going to change how I am. I'm not going to depict my opinion differently for you guys to try to sugarcoat for some people that are going to bitch at me on a social media platform that I don't even go on. So are, are we going to, are we, are should, should, what what are we starting with before I give my comment? Oh, what do you mean for for coverage? Yeah. Oh, we're gonna go into raw first. We're doing a we're gonna go in order. Well, I guess Wednesday is not really oh, in order. But. Okay. So I will save my old man yells at cloud for when we get there. <laughs> because I also Sounds have a good. Jim Cornette moment. <laughs> I also have a Jim Cornette moment coming up. I'm sure we might have a couple of them, but I, hey, guys, I love you as listeners. I appreciate you. If I just alienated you, stop being such a prick. That's all I really have to say. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Let's go into Raw. And speaking about old man on cloud yelling, uh, Ric Flair started off Monday Night Raw. Um, I love Ric Flair. I think that he can't do any wrong. I know even in this Uproxx, uh, and thank you, Uproxx, for providing me with a lot of information to cover this uh, stuff. Even them made it like a comment that it seemed like Ric Flair was drunk. I don't think Rick was drunk. I think that he he was just being Ric Flair, man. When he gets in the zone, it doesn't matter. Like I've been watching TNA from about, I don't know, eight, eight or nine years ago when Rick was on there, and he's the same exact way. When you give him a live mic, it could be hazardous towards your health, but you got to fucking deal with that. It's kind of like Brock Lesnar, but just way better. <laughs> uh, you just don't know what you're going to get out of him. But that's just how Ric Flair is, and I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was awesome when he started vibing with that kid that was making – or whatever he was saying when he was like, I've been with your girl, and, and brother, let me just tell you, I remember your mom from the 70s. Woo! And that type of stuff. I love Ric Flair, and um, I thought it was funny. Uh, he called out Drew McIntyre as his last choice. It was good to see Drew back. And Drew and Ricochet had a match. I thought it was pretty good. I think – I. I know Ricochet's really good at selling, but Drew McIntyre is so fucking powerful. He scares me. Like, both the Claymore and the Alabama Slam on the outside after the match, after he beat Ricochet onto the stairs, looked nasty. Um, and I actually kind of thought that the po- the interview during the, the, the wrestling match was kind of interesting. I don't know if they're going to try that out now. But I thought Ric Flair was funny as hell, and I enjoyed seeing him start off Monday Night Raw. thought the match was fine. And, uh, yeah, uh, Drew McIntyre's there, and... Ricochet's probably got a broken jaw. I'm not 100% sure on that. Chris, what did you think about this match and Ric Flair, the nature boy, starting things off? Well, I mean, we all love the nature, right? So him starting out was fine. I liked the interview beforehand. I had absolutely no problems with it. Um, he said wrestling. Maybe some people are offended. <laughs> he, also <laughs> said I did, he also said I did your mom which is probably true of Vince McMahon because Ric Flair at this point is older like than Moses. He's in the same high school yearbook, most likely to win 16 championships. Uh, no, all jokes aside, um, it was awesome having Rick out there. And hopefully they were like, hey, Rick, go be Rick. And he was like, that's the only way I know how to do, man. I didn't see him like tipsy or day. He's old. He's just old. And it's easy to equate old for just being like, he's drunk asshole. Um, as far as I know, I think that he's on the same medication as Jake the Snake Roberts, unless he skipped it, where if you take any kind of alcohol, you vomit. 
I mean, this man is not not very healthy. Let's just say that. And uh, like three or four shots could actually in this dude in Ric Flair's life, based on the medical reports that we heard after his heart attack and a few other things. So maybe he's taking that seriously. I hope he is. Um, but it's also the nature boy, so you never know. And that's part of the mystique. That's part of the mystique of the nature boy. Is the nature boy actually the nature boy? Um, but he was great here. Uh, and, and, and obviously him putting in Drew McIntyre makes a lot of sense. It was good to see Drew back. The only problem I have with this match is if you're trying to build up a superhero – having him immediately get fucking killed by Drew McIntyre, I don't necessarily know is the right way to do it. And then having him kill him after the match, maybe even just a little too far. Yeah, I I actually am glad that you said that. I do agree with you on that uh, booking decision. I'm just hoping that, and there probably won't be because it's WWE, but I'm hoping that there will be some type of retribution where Ricochet gets to give, you know, Drew some comeuppance in their fucking match. It's going to be a nightmare in Saudi Arabia next week. Notice I'm trying to stay positive, but I'm just being honest with you on the uh, the crown jewel or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, but maybe they'll, I, they'll go into well, a program. Well, Dane, I, I real, would put Drew. Quick. I would get. I would put Drew with someone else. Though. I wouldn't put him with Ricochet after. But what were you going to say? I was going to say real quick. I mean, they're going to be in that Team Survivor Series moment, so you would think that there's going to be the ricochet Hulk up moment to beat Drew, and that would be what you're going to do, but it's WWE, so probably not. And also, I give zero fucks about this Crown Royal show because they burnt me two years in a row on this show. It's always awful. Yep, I I do agree, good sir. And, uh, yeah, instead, Ricochet will probably get beaten first by someone that's not even – like by Baron Corbin, and there will be no mention of of him and Drew in the beatdown, but – who knows? I'm sure Hulk Hogan's going to get in, get in there and give someone a leg drop and break his spine. <laughs> I don't want that to happen, but I'm just like, God, what the fuck are they going to do in Saudi Arabia? I'm so scared can for I throw one? Can I throw one thing at you? Do you sure. remember when Dolph Ziggler came back from three versus one and one? Mm-hmm. That's what you do with Ricochet. You have to pick one. I know they want Drew to go over strong because that's they're going to be – their top heel guy that's their triple h that seems like who they're pegging for it but if you need a baby face they built Dolph the same way and he won that like down three members you just do the same thing it's just i don't know that anyone's going to care about it because it's on the saudi arabia pay-per-view and they're probably not going to do it but that's how i would do it if you're trying to make a real life superhero or uh <laughs> Man, they threw out so many superhero names that I thought they were going to run out. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> and then oh, JR Lord. on AEW later threw out a Dick Grayson comment, and I was like, what the hell is going on in wrestling right now? <laughs> you didn't think I knew who Dick Grayson was, did you? Well, I did. <laughs> uh, Maybe it was a, a subtle shot at, at, at Jerry the King. <laughs> He's like, one man, Superman, one man's Batman, but it's JR, so he's better at commentary. He's like, he looks like Dick Grayson up there doing the athletic moves. <laughs> uh, he, he, did, he did was a trapeze artist when his parents died by Two-Face in the movie. Uh, 
God, I love Jr. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to the next thing. So we had another vignette, Chris, of Aleister Black doing the same thing, and then he goes with an enhancement talent, Jason Reynolds. Um, I'll say, I mean, the the match, Aleister Black looked great. I thought Jason Reynolds for a uh, you know a guy that's supposed to get squashed had a little bit too much offense. I think they should be booking Aleister Black kind of like New Japan almost books Minoru Suzuki, just scary fighter, you know, <laughs> see right fucking through you, destroy you in two seconds, puts intimidation in people just by his presence. Samoa Joe has a similar type of feel to him. They need to kind of do that with Aleister Black. He can still be a baby face, but he can still be a badass. And I'm just happy the vignettes are, are starting to, to bore the hell out of me. But I do know that he was specifically picked by Paul Heyman, or at least requested that he would be able to have him. And beforehand, Paul Heyman has been helping build Aleister Black as slowly as they have been. He's helped out with that. So I'm glad that he has him. I hope that Paul can do something with him. I just wouldn't let, you know, fucking uh, Seth Rogen out there, you know, get a drop kick or two in. You know, it's, 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 it's fucking Aleister Black. Let him just destroy him and his story. But that's just me. You know, it's whatever. There's definitely worse things, you know, a part of it. I just want more for Alistair Black. Uh, what did you think about all that, Chris? I mean, I think if I was booking it, I would have had him hit the black mask right off the bat and then just sit in his cross-legged position on top of the guy and get the pin. Oh, right in the middle. Are you kidding me? That, that's how MLW is fucking booking Loki, and it's awesome. That's how. Some for some reason NXT is booking Cameron Grimes and it's fine. Uh, that definitely should be what Alex is doing, just knocking out motherfuckers. Like why is he? Why is he having an actual wrestling match with this dude we've never heard of? Um, and also, I'm done with the promos. He he either should be just killing dudes. Um, they it took too, they took too long. I think Paul can get it over if he treats him like he treated Taz. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Where he's just like, he's just a straight ass beater. He's not talking anymore. And now he's just whipping ass. And you put a manager with him. And he's like, he's done asking for fights. He's just fighting everyone. And then you have a manager be like, who's he fighting tonight? And they're like, I don't know. He's just going to fight some dude. And he's like, well, I guess he's fighting that dude. And you just have him murder him. He shouldn't be sitting in a dark room asking for a fight. That should be his manager's job. He he's like, like Paul Elring would be the perfect manager for him. Oh, and I I know God. they took him away from Authors of Pain, but if you go back and you look at the Road Warriors and what they were able to do and what he was able to do with Authors of Pain, which they should have never split them up. I thought they were like great together. Um, yeah, bring Paul Elring back, put him as Aleister Black's manager. It's not that I think Aleister is a bad promo, but you know what, Undertaker wasn't a great promo necessarily either. And Paul Bear carried a lot of that, and then later on, no one cared because he he fucking wrecked so much ass that they were like, it doesn't matter what Undertaker says, we love the Taker. You know what I mean? Get him to that level, Absolutely. and then it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Dude, I, I love that. I really do, because I think, and I mean, I'm sure wrestlers do, and promoters obviously do, but as one of the head writers, Paul should be thinking – kind of a couple people and I think that Alistair kind of should check out the same people is probably I would say Jake Roberts 
from the, you know, late 80s, early 90s run of WWE, babyface and heel, but like how they booked him then. Taz, I love that idea, in his ECW run. Um, and I would say Minoru Suzuki and uh, maybe – I had another person in mind, but I already forgot who the fuck it was. But there's certain people – oh, Samoa Joe is actually another good person to think of. I would stay actually away from Undertaker. I don't think that you were trying to connect that, but how a lot of people, including me in the past, has connected him with the Taker concept. Let him be more of a fighter that's also, you know, has that cult type of concept, or oh, I should say a cult type of, you know, thing about him. But he doesn't necessarily have to be a supernatural person. I would actually try to go more focus on him being a fighter, almost coming off like a hitman that does street fighting for the fuck of it for, for, for kicks for extra cash on the side or some shit. You know? Yeah, my connection was I think I, my connection was more if you put a good manager with him like Paul Ellering. Yeah, who I thought did great. No, I AOT, agree. Then you can build his character enough so he's such an ass whipper that he could go into Undertaker promos where it doesn't really matter where the promo is because you know he's about to whip that ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like Undertaker's yeah. promos have always been kind of average at best. In fact, I would say. Some Kane promos are better than Undertaker promos. <laughs> but, I agree. But you know, at the end of the day, Taker's going to whip that ass, and that's because Paul Bearer drilled that into your head. Paul Ellering would do the same thing because he used to do it with uh, the Road Warriors, um, and he did it with Authors of Pain. I don't know why they cut ties with him with Authors of Pain and the Drake Maverick situation, which was fucking terrible. Whoever came up with that should be fired on the spot. But... Um, I think he could be great. Well, try to fire me. <laughs> well, Vince, we're trying. The XFL is going to be really bad in about three months. <laughs> You're going to freak out, and then maybe things it's will gonna get good. going to make crazy. I'm going to fire myself. Oh, my God. Um, all right. So. Yeah, all jokes aside, I, I, I do think, I think a manager for him is the best way to go. Um, but it needs I love to the idea with Paul Ellering. Yeah, it needs to be someone like him. It doesn't necessarily have to be Paul Ellering. I think you bring in James Mitchell. I think you could rotate in. Um, like if if Corey Graves wasn't stuck behind a desk doing that shit, oh. he would be way better at being a manager than a commentator. Um, especially for that gimmick, the tatted up. Maybe I work he with would, the devil gimmick. Yeah, he kind of better at he kind of has like a uh, a jackal, uh, you know, era Don Callis type of persona to him. He should probably be a fucking manager. That would be awesome. But it's WWE, so they're just going to continue to give us these vignettes until no one cares about him the same way that no one cared about Bray Wyatt once he just started talking about ridiculous shit and then fought a hey, job. Hey man, you know. I'm just going hey, to the man. magical rivers uh, of love, you know, they come from power. I've got the, I got the soul of Dusty Rhodes right here in this uh, <laughs> land, man. <laughs> it's crazy, man. All right, anyways, let's, let's uh, keep on going. Uh, so Rusev uh, was interviewed by Jerry Lawler. I hated all of this. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't like this. It makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> the whole entire fight at the end was stupid. If that was my fucking wife and this guy was doing that, a couple guys are not going to fucking stop me from destroying him. Um, I just uh, this is this is when you ask too much if you want the attitude era. For some reason, they don't understand that what you want are 
Well, kind of what AEW gave you, like brawls like that, you know, where they go all over the place. That was good stuff about the Attitude Era. Not the weird fucking shit like this, the cockold stuff. Uh, I, oh, my God. Dude, Mike Kanellis is basically the modern-day Chris Candino in a lot of ways. Um, and Ooh, this stuff, that sucks. Uh, this, Poor Chris. That stuff, this, <laughs> this stuff, yeah, rest Chris in peace, Candido Chris Candino. Chris is such but, a better worker. Take it back. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, you know, just uh, sunny and uh, never mind. That, there was a lot of realism to that uh, whole thing, too, compared to this. But what they're doing, Rusev, is just bad, and I don't like it. And I just feel like even Bobby Lashley looks like he's uncomfortable doing this, honestly. What do you think, Chris? I mean, Bobby Lashley looks like he's uncomfortable doing anything. Wrestling, <laughs> a promo. Moving. He can't move because of all those fucking muscles. <laughs> Putting his headband on. Cutting Donald or cutting Vince McMahon's hair, <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, all right, I'm just gonna go ahead and say this: Bobby Lashley has always sucked. Get over it, Impact fans. He's always been terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he's a good-looking body man, and that gets you a lot in wrestling for some reason, you know, and. He's he's better than I'll say like in ring wise I think he's better than like a Ultimate Warrior obviously or even a Bill Goldberg maybe but not much. I mean I'm not saying he's like def- he's he he's not the presence. worst wrestler I've ever seen. He's obviously not the but he's worst. Not that good. Do you know who else is a big dude that works really really fucking hard and tries really hard? Moose, who was on Bound for Glory yep. and sh- saved Ken Shamrock's life. And they went out there and had a way better match than any Bobby Lashley match I've ever seen. And it was still or a even bad a, match. If we're <laughs> so, talking about another super athletic, you know, African-American male that probably could have used a little bit of a push and is way more charismatic, Pettis O'Neill, you know, is – does he even have a – does he have his service anymore at WWE? I haven't seen Pettis in fucking months. I mean, like, look. I appreciate Bobby Lashley. I thought he he fit that Vince McMahon storyline very well, and he's obviously could whip my ass because he's fought <laughs> mixed martial arts. Sorry, Bobby. We're just kidding. Don't hit us. <laughs> Please don't hit us. But they oh, never Lord. explained why Lana was drawn to Bobby Lashley, other than like Rusev is sending money home to his family. Why is Lana so mad? Because she can't go to this rest, like restaurant in Cleveland? And then also, like, Rusev just shows up in a wrestling gear at a formal restaurant. <laughs> and they're like, that's the dude right there. We knew he was coming. This is the most anti-Stone Cold thing ever. Stone Cold would have showed up dressed like a waiter, then whipped the shit out of him with a, a champagne bottle, gave him, like, six stunners, put him through a table. Like... You got Stone Cold at one point in time showed up like a doctor to Vincent Man's hospital room and hit him with a bedpan. I think yeah, the they best part of that story. Their own product. Like I think they forget how to book their own product. If this was my wife doing this to me and actively making fun of me. And the other guy is a pro wrestler, the same sport as me. I'm probably going to show up as a waiter and hit him with something that's very hot. 
inflammable. I'm probably gonna kill a motherfucker, and I don't even have a wife. I'm just being honest, man. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Especially if I'm Russo. <laughs> yes, it's so dumb. Like, why is Rusev just running through the front door like I'm Rusev because he's foreign? <laughs> Stone Cold would have had like a bazillion gimmicks. You know what I mean? Uh, like Stone Cold would have been like morphing into characters in the restaurant. Like he sits them down, <laughs> and then he's a waiter. They don't notice because he has a mustache on. <laughs> oh then he comes God. back as the as the manager and asks them how they're doing, and then he hits them with a tray. Like they don't even get how to book their own product. Instead, Rusev just runs through the door, and the only person you feel sorry for in the entire story is the restaurant manager. And you're like, well, now he's got to deal with this bullshit. <laughs> I think there was security from the fucking arena out there too. I mean, it was so cheesy. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. Eat, uh. The only good thing about that whole conversation was reminding me about Stone Cold with the bedpan, because I think it was like him when he was uh, talking to Mick Foley. He was explaining like. Literally, Steve Austin, you know, there's, he was trying to find a gift, like a weak spot on the bedpan to be able to hit Vince with so it wouldn't be as bad. So what he was doing, and admitted to, to Mick, is that he took the bedpan and was hitting himself in the head with it at different spots to see which one would be the best spot to hit Vince in the head with. And he ended up saying, <laughs> screw it, and Vince told him to hit it as hard as he could, and he, he did. So that's what he saw. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, God. and guess what he was dressed as? In this situation uh, where you may have to whip ass. <laughs> Doctor Stone Cold Steve Austin. It depends on the location. If you're in a supermarket, Stone Cold can just show up and whip your ass, Booker T. <laughs> but in a fancy restaurant that you have to like book place like book ahead of time. It's just dumb. Like they forget their own yeah. booking. It should have been so easy. If Rusev would have shown up as a waiter and just whipped his ass We'd have been talking about this so highly right now. <laughs> like, wasn't it awesome <laughs> when Rusev stabbed that dude with a fork? <laughs> Abdul the Butcher style. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker! And just stabs him in the forehead. Bobby Lashley's Not weird, enough. awkward smile while he's getting bleeding. Like, ow, my head's bleeding! <laughs> the fork's awesome. sticking out. <laughs> Looks like a little diving board. <laughs> oh my god! All right, all right, all right. Let's let's uh, let's get to this next match. I thought this was a good match, um, and I'm happy that they're really pumping up on you know some of their their uh, Hispanic wrestlers, uh, some of their luchadors. Sincara's back. They kind of even brought it up on commentary that Sincara was out because of Andrade, and they had a really good uh, back and forth match, uh, basically because of you know Zelina Vega doing her normal spot with the Hurricane Rana, which she looked like she almost messed up, but it's still Sankara, very impressive to catch her, basically, and be able to fling himself. But, you know, I mean, she's a lot smaller than him. Uh, but Sankara got the loss from the Hammerlock DDT and the interference with Zelina Vega. And afterwards, Humberto Carrillo, who is now signed to Raw from 205 Live and Big Over, and I believe he was Ultima, no, he was um, Ultimo Ninja, and I believe it was either AAA Crash or CML. So basically the three big fucking promotions in Mexico. That was stupid. Um, but I know he is, uh, he's, he's related to Angel Garza and um, uh, Garza Jr. Are, is his uncle, I believe. So he's part of that lineage. But 
he is amazing in the ring, man. When when I talk about finesse, you know, certain wrestlers, you know, like your Nick Jacksons, like your Phoenixes, like your Bushies, your Will Ricochet, they could just do stuff with their fucking body. And I've said this a million times where you're just like, how did you do that? Like, you made that look real, and that was crazy. And Humberto Carrillo has that. And he made a comment that will come back to him about how he's going to lay low and not try to do crazy things like their their current champion, Seth Rollins. Throwing a little bit of dirt, but I would come back up. But um, I thought that the match with Andrade and Sin Cara was good, and I like uh, seeing Humberto, uh, you know, get a push, basically. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I like the Humberto spots. Um, Selena Vega's great. I don't know how she hits Hurricane Rana's and heels in general. So if she slipped just a yeah. little bit, that's still amazing. <laughs> so go Selena Vega. You're the best. Um, and she's a great manager. They need more managers like that. Uh, besides Maurice, they, they don't really – and Maurice isn't really a manager anymore, but – um, besides her, like I'm a Mario. <laughs> Why is she Mario? Why is all your impersonations Mario? Um, <laughs> Prince Mario. It's a fucking Then a ping. Then you know you're fucking in the ring, and then you go over, and then you do ping. That's my Pat Patterson people, by the way. If you weren't here, <laughs> it's just it's just Mario. That's 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 for the deep listeners. <laughs> no, for some reason, I think French Canadians sound like fucking Mario. I guess that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Both of them are from Quebec. <laughs> In your mind, <laughs> did Italy only take over that one particular spot of Canada during WW2. <laughs> uh, it's great. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> well, now, Zelina Vega was great. The match was by Umberto. I think they're trying to book as a star, which I think is smart. Um, Sin Cara, the crowd just gave zero fucks about, even though he was doing cool stuff and getting an offense on. It's just like he's not believable. He's been beat for like seven years at this yep. point. When did he start jumping on trampoline with the blue lights on? Did they just turn into red lights and gave it to Bray Wyatt? How long ago was that? I don't know. <laughs> long ass time ago. It's not even the original Mystico, damn it. <laughs> Yeah, you can't trick us, WWE. It's not Mystico, and we know it. God damn it. All right, so uh, after that, R-Truth. Uh, all right, so R-Truth, had, had, I like – I'll just say this. I like the 24-7 title. It kind of it, – it's funny. Sometimes they really pull it off great. Sometimes it's like whatever. The whole joke and the gag was he, one of the Bollywood boys got him, and then he mixed them up later on and tried to pin the wrong one, and they still have that. So the Bollywood boys, unless – Something happened on the internet that I don't know about out of WWE, and he won it on a golf course or playing hoops or some shit. But anyways, after that, we had the Viking Raiders go against Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. And um, I'm not going to say it was a squash match, but uh, at one point, these guys were tag champions. And Chris told me many a times, don't get used to that. And, uh, yeah, it looks like uh, the, the, the bros, if you will, the, the, the action figure bros, are still doing their thing. But, uh, you know. 
Hey, as long as as long as they're happy and uh, Kurt Hawkins is still training a bunch of people, you know, good shit. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll stop there, Chris, on those two smaller notes because I'm about to go over the huge Rey Mysterio fiasco. But what did you think about the tag match? I well, one, I think it's absolutely retarded that well, stupid or dumb, not retarded necessarily. Um, that they're not doing more with Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins and trying to build them up as underdogs. I think they're both really good wrestlers or they wouldn't have them actually training. Obviously Zack Ryder's a former intercontinental champion, um, a great physique and a good wrestler, but they're still utilizing their YouTube value for WWE's profit, which I think is bullshit. Uh, if their contracts are up, I would suggest that they leave and go do shit yep. somewhere else. Um, I agree. I, I, I don't see him in NWA, especially yeah, like, uh, Zach Ryder. Zach Ryder in NWA, he's like the biggest dude there. He's like the Hulk Hogan of NWA. <laughs> 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 Fucking Bosky. Um, no, I'll, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Tommy Storm's pretty fucking big redneck dude, him and Mama Storm. But all jokes aside, he's a big motherfucker. They could leave and go do their action figure podcast somewhere else. And to see that on the WWE Network and then have them thrown on this thing and you just know they're going to get buried, you're like, yes. I'm just done with seeing Zack Ryder just get buried when he's a decent wrestler. And obviously just Vince just doesn't like him. Uh, I don't even know what it is. It's like Cesaro. It's like, what happened? Cesaro makes even less sense because Cesaro is an amazing wrestler. Imagine if you're Cesaro or... (laughs) Oh, God. I can't even... Or Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn went to having the best matches in NXT or WWE to a manager... For for a guy that can't really have matches anymore. Yep. Oh well. Well, all right. Well, I'm good about Nakamura. Apparently, him and uh, Daniel Bryan are going to be feuding for the Intercontinental Title, which both of them have been requesting to be in a feud for a while. So hopefully, that will work out for them. But here's the one thing about Nakamura: not only is he kind of past his prime and age, even though he's really good. He can't wrestle the way that he did in Japan. It's just not feasible. I mean, he already looks like he's killing people sometimes when he gives them the kicks. So that's his, and not only that, he, Chris, can you agree with me? Shinsuke Nakamura doesn't need a fucking manager. Here's the thing: he doesn't have to cut promos. He can just be him with his charisma and shit like that. And you don't need to do a lot. But for some reason, and they never even use managers. Until Shinsuke, it's, it's so stupid. Why can he? Why can he not just cut a promo in Japanese and translate? I don't know. It's awesome. It's awesome when Oscar did it. Like when she did it in NXT, I thought it was fucking great, and I like how they're doing that now. I don't. I don't have a problem with that. Just you know, but I, and I will still anyway. debate. And if anyone wants to, if anyone wants to fight me on this, at Chris R. Patton on Twitter. There's been one good Nakamura match since he got to WWE, and it was against Sami Zayn, and they have Sami been Zane. stuck together, not actually wrestling fucking matches. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, I don't get it. Um, all right, so we had Rey Mysterio come out. He cut a promo, thanking the fans for their support over him and Walter. 
Um, I'm going to stop doing that eventually, but Dominic looks a lot like fucking Walter. Uh, anyway, Walter, let's say <laughs> Voltar. Uh, Cain Velasquez is going to give Brock Lesnar another scar, a crown jewel that I'll think about. He's interrupted by Paul Heyman on the Titan Tron. Uh, who says that Lester isn't in the building, but basically starts talking crap and says that someone else can be there to back up Brock Lesnar. Enter Shelton Benjamin, um, saying that he won a title opportunity, and the only reason that Cain Velasquez is, is getting one is because it's Rey Mysterio. Um, and also said that, you know, I like the realism that they brought into it. It doesn't have a lot going into it with most of the fans, because unlike me and you, Chris, I don't think a lot of people know that him and Shelton Benjamin were such good friends, and, you know, apparently godfather of each each one's child. Uh, they were on a tag team together in OVW before they both got called up to WWE. Um, you know, they, they've been doing stuff for a long time, trained with each other in college in, in, in uh, wrestling. Shelton helped Brock figure out the actual pro wrestling fundamentals and trained him partly. So they have a lot going for it. So they brought that 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 in there, and it was it was good, but it was for nothing. Basically, came Velasquez came out, and uh, you know threw Benjamin around and choked him out with a rear naked choke, and that was about it. But still, pretty decent way to add some stuff to a match that's going to be on something I don't really give a shit about with Ground Jewel. But still, they're trying. I'll give them that decent segment. I like Rey Mysterio on the mic. I think he's been cutting it really well. Chris, what do you think about this segment itself? Rey Mysterio is the best baby face in the business besides Cody Rhodes right now. Is there anyone even close? When Rey Mysterio talks, I'm like, oh, poor Rey. Why are they doing that to his family? <laughs> Maybe that's just me, but that's how I feel. I think Rey's been cutting great promos. Um, the match itself with, with Shelton, I like the Shelton stuff. But if I was Shelton Benjamin, I would have never taught Brock Lesnar how to wrestle. The dude's the size of a house. It's not very fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, all jokes aside, I, I love this storyline. I, I was one of the people that was like, I love this, and I like that Ray is a part of it. I just hope that they don't ruin it for me. Um And it's going to be really hard because Ray is smaller and we're never going to get the actual Ray Brock match where Ray goes over. Um, but him as nope. a promo guy and doing great and maybe his son goes over and maybe him and Brock have that relationship and that's that's where they're building towards. That could be absolutely awesome. Dude, you know, like, I want to see Walter Kane. versus Brock Lesnar. Well, yeah. <laughs> but a different Walter, I think. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Okay, that's right. <laughs> different, different All right, Walter. So, um, but yeah, you don't want to actually uh, see that because that's just going to be Brock Lesnar ripping through his gang of Nazis and then twisting Walter into a pretzel. <laughs> because that's yeah, how they're going to vote Brock that. right now. <laughs> I'd rather Walter be over all these smaller dudes and look like Andre the Giant compared to him. I think that's better than having this look he's up to Brock Lesnar. He's where he's at. Yeah. I, I know we're I not at uh, I, I NXT right now, but if you look at the way Walter's been built, he is perfect there and probably wants to stay there, and they should keep him there, especially with a televised show. There's no reason why that man should ever go to the main roster. 
I agree. I do agree. All right, so Seth Rollins, uh, he, he came up to Humberto Carrillo, like I said, kind of challenged him, said that, you know, the Fiend changed him, um, and then had a really damn good match with uh, Humberto Carrillo. And uh, it was competitive. It was probably the match of the night, I think. Um, but uh, after the match, I thought Rollins was going to fucking, like, start beating the shit out of him. I was kind of hoping for it. And we did get that with someone else completely in NXT. Uh, but Seth Rollins picked him up, shook his hand. And I think, honestly, him putting over the smaller guy, kind of like Daniel Bryan with Ali, I'm sure that he had something to do with this. Um, it probably put in good graces with some of the fans that, you know, wanted to kill him like I did after the Bray Wyatt thing. I still think they should position him as a heel, but then again, I was saying the same thing with Roman Reigns, and they never fucking did. But I actually think that Seth showed us he's a better heel than babyface in the past. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. How'd you like this match, Chris? I thought it was a really good match. I still don't give a single fuck about Seth Rollins. So I don't know where you gathered the babyface thing from. I just, yeah. I, I think the crowd was a little dead on it. But the match itself was was really well worked. Yep, and I I think he is. I don't know. It's just funny if you would have told me this like a year ago that Seth was going to be fucking just Roman Reigns level with the fans a year ago. I would have told you you're crazy. Well, I mean, uh, so part of it just just to continue it. Part part of it is WWE fans and their the way they see things. And the other mm-hmm. part of it is, like, bad booking and the fact that, like, Bray Wyatt is the most over person on their entire roster, and you had Bray Wyatt yep. lose in a D, like a non-DQ oh. match in a really shitty way. And it's it doesn't matter what Bray Wyatt does now, unless he absolutely kills Seth Rollins and Seth is gone for six months, the fans are still going to remember that every time they see either of them. I know. I agree, and that's what sucks. And I mean, one thing we we said a bunch of times, along with a lot of us fans saying, you don't have to give Prey a title shot. He doesn't need a title. We were saying, hey, we like this, but you're doing, you're you're putting Bray on the show too much. Now, after all that bullshit, where the fuck has Bray Wyatt been? Well, he burnt the funhouse down. It's coming back on Friday. He burnt it down on Monday. It's coming back oh, on Friday. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just chose not to talk about that because I thought it was so dumb. Uh, why didn't Bray just <laughs> fight Samoa Joe? Honestly. Oh. God, that would have been cool. Which which would have been better, have and then build into a title spot at Mania against whoever the hell you wanted, or they should have pulled the trigger on Bray versus Undertaker again. Just feed him a bunch of great baby faces. I mean, I love Ricochet and Ali and all them, but they could have had a decent match and kept up and then gotten destroyed at the end of it and just kept on doing that for a while until he gets in a major feud. None of them are as big of baby faces as fucking Bray Wyatt because he has this other character kind of a baby face. He's the fucking baby face. Push him. I know. You idiot. It just, I, I kind of get it to an extent, though, because it's really kind of weird to push a a guy that's basically uh, supposed to be an evil horror movie character. But then again, Kane was, I think, better as a baby face most of the time than a heel. So, and I know people think I'm crazy for that, but, but honestly, it was not, weird cause because Kane was more efficient as a heel when he took off the costume 
and it was just him bald. I thought it's well, more sinister. Well, what back I would say is, is the I, the idea of Bray Wyatt is that he's not a heel. The Fiend is a heel. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, I don't. You've twisted the fans' perspective of what a heel is, and the fans want to see Bray Wyatt. So have him fucking murder people. It's not hard. Yep. It's, it's really not hard. All right, so the ending was kind of interesting, uh, Chris. Last time, Street Profit said they were going to have some guy in their corner to compliment AJ Styles being in the OC's corner for their first match. Um, and we have the Street Profits going against uh, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. And uh match was fine, but the same type of bullshit that we thought would happen happened. Uh, AJ was told to leave at one point. He came back when he did, and he refused to leave. Kevin Owens showed up, hit him with a stunner. This allowed the Profits to win their Raw debut with the Frog Splash on Carl Anderson. Um, match was fine. I don't know how this is helping the actual the, the two OC members, the, the, the Good Brothers, because they lose constantly. But I guess if you put them with AJ, it's fine. I don't really know. I, why isn't AJ and Seth in a fucking program just putting on awesome matches? They had one decent match that was short. Whatever. Anyways, and um, Kevin Owens against AJ Styles, I mean, they're both great. But for some reason, they really haven't meshed well the last two times I've seen them feud for the U.S. title and the WWE title. So... Not really looking forward to it that much, honestly. I and honestly, if I was the Street Profits, I wouldn't fucking press Kevin Owens. Look what he just did to the fucking New Day. But I don't know. It's interesting. What did you think about all this, Chris? It's fucking terrible and a waste of Kevin Owens and a waste of both of these tag teams. Dumb storyline. And also, is I mean, AJ still concussed? Didn't he get a concussion last week? <laughs> or is he done I with know, the concussion? Man. Is that why he's like, I'm leaving the ring. I'm coming back to the ring. And also, if you get thrown out and you come back, that's a disqualification. I hated all of this. I love Kevin Owens. I think Kevin Owens is great. I think Kevin Steen in Ring of Honor is one of my favorite wrestling characters of all time. But I'm fucking done with whatever they're trying to do with him because it sucks. Uh, He's another one, man, that you know, even if they do it as a temporary thing where he comes and does a program, I'd love to see him show up in NXT um, for something. I just it, – this is this is going to be him and AJ doing – maybe they'll have some great matches. I don't know. I just think that we've seen this in the past, and it just has not worked out the greatest. I mean, or have him win a mid-level title and feud with Matt Riddle because they're pushing Matt Riddle up. Oh, that would be awesome. Feud. Between those two, because I feel like they'll work really good. You'll see, you'll get to see Matt Riddle hit a deadlift against Kevin Owens, which will be absolutely amazing, and he'll sell the shit out of it like he did with uh, El Generico. Like, there's so much good stuff you can do with Kevin Owens, and that's the part that upsets me is that he was pushed as a heel, then a face, and then a face, or no, face, heel, face. Turns on the New Day. The New Day doesn't ever actually do anything to get back at Kevin Owens after that, really. Um, And now he's just kind of like, I guess I'm going to go help the baby faces. And it makes all the baby faces look stupid because they lose the heels anyways. I fucking, God damn it, I hate Raw so much. (laughs) Sometimes. Yep. I think Chaos should have stayed on SmackDown. I think for, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, Bray should have stayed on Raw. I don't know why they changed. 
Um, God. We could have eventually had – dude, Kevin Owens has said many a times one of his dream matches he wants to have is against Brock Lesnar. And it's like everyone always says, well, feasibly, this guy's too small to go against Brock. And now you have someone that actually can move in the ring and is decent size, and you just change them again with too small. Whatever. Obviously, just, they've never seen Kevin Steen hit a split-legged moonsault. Like, or a reverse turnaround moonsault. Like, dude had a great match with John Cena. And they're like, well, he can't wrestle big dudes. And you're like, the fuck are you talking about? He's your, he's your in-between. Meanwhile, Brock's out here having great matches with all the other Ring of Honor guys. I mean, if you're not going to do Kevin, then you might as well just, like, have Sami Zayn go on a winning streak and do Sami. Because they're gonna put on better. I would matches. love it. Yep, sorry. No, I agree, I, man. I, I mean, I'm very sens- I'm very sensitive to the Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens situation because it's been taken too far and it's Whoa. really dumb. And he's the most he's he could easily be the most over person in their company. I think with all these Tomorrow. quote unquote flavor, these, these quote unquote flavors of ice cream, I think you can agree with me on this, Chris. We're just seeing. Where some of these guys, whether it be a Kevin Owens or someone as bad as a Rusev or Cesaro, or even, you know, we're seeing what they could be potentially somewhere else. And now there's a lot of fucking destinations. We probably know where Kevin Owens would end up going, but I'm just saying, you know, even like the Revival, like I love them to be on fucking NWA over WWE. I don't even care. I think they have the belts right now, and I'm still saying that. You know, with with Kevin – I'd rather him be on AEW or on NXT than fucking WWE. I just – I would. I would rather. I, I don't think he needs – I think that he's the perfect person for WWE, but they've never pulled the trigger on it. They've never – they gave Ugh. him a run with Jericho, and that was it. And then they had him lose to Goldberg. You know what I mean? Fuck like that whole he, thing up. They gave him the chance to come up, beat John Cena, have a – like what I would consider like a four or five star WWE match with John Cena beat John Cena clean in the ring. Instead of pushing him, they were like, yeah, you're going to lose to John Cena. And then we're going to give you a joke role with Jericho. And then we're going to bump you down on WrestleMania. And then Jericho is going to leave the company. And uh, guess what? You're wrestling Sami Zayn for like five years. And then uh, Sami Zayn's broken now. So <laughs> now you're just a dude. Uh, That's what they did. Oh, and you have to job to Shane McMahon. <laughs> did I miss anything God. on what they've done with Kevin Owens or Kevin Steen? He's nope. the perfect WWE character. They've just fucked him repeatedly to the point where fans don't care anymore. He could have been their mix fully. Honestly, he, he could really have could've. been a common man that people could have got behind. That or beat like John a Dusty, Cena. you know? Yeah, or beat Brock Lesnar. He could have been, he could have been the guy that beat Goldberg. But instead, they're like, "Nah, dude, Kevin, we just need you to cut them Canadian promos and keep doing what you're doing." If anyone disagrees with me, at Chris R. Patton on Twitter, let's <laughs> have a conversation about it. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, no, I agree, man. I do. He's got every ingredient. He's got the badass factor of a Steve Austin. He's got the heel factor of like an Owen Hart. He's got the fucking baby face qualities. If he wants to be the everyman, like a Mick Foley or dusty. And they just, I don't know what the fuck he is. He's rain check. They guy, never basically. decide what they want to do. Just push him in one general, general direction. Either have him kill people as a heel 
or win as a baby face. Don't make him flip flop two months apart for eight or be months. a stupid heel. Like it's okay to be. Yeah. There's a difference between being a spineless heel, like a uh, a chicken shit heel, and also just being a stupid heel. And he's always a stupid heel that always gets the one up, you know, on basically. I, well, I hope the contract on. runs out and he goes and does very good things in like MLW, PWG again, Ring of Honor. <laughs> he could go back to Ring of Honor for another Kevin Steen run. I'll be down for that. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I'm down. Um, if he's in WWE and he ends up getting utilized, great, but I just track records show differently. Let's uh, Let's move away from – Monday Night Raw, still stay in the realm of WWE, but let's start going over the Wednesday Night War, Chris. Uh, our first match that started off was, I think, a really great strength match between uh, two ladies, Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. Um, you know, it was a, a very technical at first that I liked, and, you know, the whole one was trying to outstrength out, out the other one, and both of the ladies are fucking badass. Uh Inevitably, Io Shirai interfered and attacked Ripley, uh, and then Belair hit a spear, but Ripley kicked out at two. Uh, Candice, Candice Lurie came out and took out Io Shirai to even the odds, and then Ripley was able to counter a double chicken wing into the riptide to win the match. Um, this is going on at the same time as that tag match on AEW, so um, I ended up paying attention a little bit more to this. Uh, after a while, I'll just put it that way. But I thought this was a badass match with two women that could, honestly, for people that are not in the intergender, both these ladies could kick a majority of the guys' ass, I think, you know, some of the smaller guys in wrestling, and it would be completely believable. But whatever, if you're not into that, you're not into that. What did you think about this match between Rhea and Bianca? So I'm going to take a little bit of heat for this, but I think Bianca is the bigger star. And that they should do something with her. Oh, I agree. And, I just think that Rhea's going to be the one that inevitably takes the title from Shayna, though. Cause yeah, all the other three I, I have agree lost. as well, but I, I, I think it's the wrong choice. Um, the match itself, I thought, was pretty great. Like, I thought it was a really good match. Um, obviously, inter- interference brought it down a little bit, but uh, they worked very well. Bianca Belair, she has so much personality. She's so athletic. There's so much you get build on there. I just I hope they don't waste her and keep her settled in uh, NXT too long because, like, a feud with her and Becky or Charlotte um, would be amazing. Because yeah. I think she is so skilled. Like, she's, she's fucking great. And, and she's pretty good on the mic with her character. I love the whipping, too. She doesn't do it as much, which is good. She pulls it out, but the hair whip is pretty pretty interesting. Uh, so we had our next match with uh, Matt Riddle going against Cameron Grimes. I still hate Cameron Grimes' new name. Sad thing is, I only know Stupid. that, and I can't even remember what what he used to be called anymore. Uh, all I remember him now is Cameron Grimes. But he's a damn good wrestler. It's a pretty good match. Cameron's been one-hit winning uh, with that stomp at the beginning he tried to do with Matt Riddle. Did not work well. At one point, Riddle used Goldberg's jackhammer during the match as the crowd chanted Riddle afterwards. And Maranalo pointed out a million times that obviously that was a reference to Bill Goldberg. Um, you should call it out so, as his proper name, the Brohammer. Oh, I'm sorry, the Brohammer. Um, 
God, I hope that gets some more shit. I, w- I want to see some more stuff online. Anyways, so he, Riddle won a very competitive match with the bro Derek. After the match, Riddle tried to fist bump Cameron Grimes, and Grimes told him to fuck off. Riddle fist bumped Tyler Black, or Tyler Bate, that was in the audience shown earlier instead. When Tyler Bate tried to fist bump Grimes, Grimes shoved him. Bate uh, responded by punching Grimes in the face, and we're going to get that match next week, which probably means that Tyler Bate's going to be in NXT for a good chunk of time, which is fucking awesome. Uh, Chris, what did you think about this match? Fucking awesome for NXT. Very shitty for NXT UK. <laughs> they Walter, Dunn, Tyler Bates. Man, they're just raping that roster, if I'm being completely honest. Um, yep. No more Mustache Mountain. I, I, I like that Riddle match a lot. I thought it was very fun. Uh, I love seeing the bro hammer and him pointing at the the, the camera when they're going riddle, riddle, which is pretty awesome. Hopefully they do something with it. Uh, I I have low hopes. I just see him just getting shit. <laughs> unfortunately, Ugh. I actually texted my friend who's not he. Like I said, he was—he's not a wrestling fan. He got into wrestling, and now he's full AEW. So he just finds the show more entertaining. He's not against WWE; he's still watching it. And he's just like, see, it seems like storylines make a little more sense over here. It's easier to keep up with. And I like watching this, and I'm like, hey, whatever. And he's like, I still watch those, but like, I like this one more. And I was like, but what if the King of Bros beat Goldberg? And he's like, oh, I'm all in. I'm all in on that one. I want to see the King of Bros. Dude, I want to see it. I want to see him retire Goldberg. I want to see him eventually retire Brock Lesnar. I mean, if he wants to do that and that's his goals in wrestling, those are some fucking goals I want to see him do. Exactly. But he he also said it's not going to happen. <laughs> no. I was like, damn it. <laughs> um, all, all jokes aside, uh, I both these matches are very good. Uh, every time I hear Cameron Grimes, all I can think of is Rick being like, "Carl, where's Carl?" I hate this. Oh my god! I just what was his name beforehand? This is gonna drive me crazy. I'm gonna have to look this up. Um, I want to say he had a pretty cool name beforehand. I think what it was, Chris, is that. <laughs> Oh, it was Trevor, Trevor Lee. What, what, what's wrong with Trevor Lee? Keith Lee. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, then, yeah. then why not like Trevor? But not Trevor... like Damian Priest when your name is Punishment Martinez beforehand, and I have to call you Damian Priest, which is the name of a bunch of shitty, <laughs> fake-ass comic book characters no one cares about. And, like, also your gimmick is you shoot a fake arrow at nothingness and it lights on fire. <laughs> He's the archer of infamy, Chris. Oh. Yeah. God. The incandescent light, as Beth Phoenix would say. The incandescent light. I just want to know, like, was someone in the back like, all right, I have an idea for his, his, his character. And William Regal said, all right, show me what you got. And the guy's like, what we're going to do is we're going to make him, like, he's kind of androgynous, like he, but he gets a lot of ladies, and he goes to, like, you know, clubs and dark areas and just looks, 
you know, kind of like he's there and he has sunglasses on, but he's also kind of not really, but sort of supernatural and he's taller and lanky. Wait a minute. You're just, you just combined Alistair Black and the Velveteen Dream. Oh yeah. That's what we're doing. basically. Oh, okay. Go for it. You ever see that weird club that people in true blood go to? It's like that plus Velveteen Dream. God. I just thought oh, about Velveteen Damien Dream. Priest. <laughs> Damien Priest, dude, as a name. You couldn't even pick some kind of mythological demon or something for the first name. Yeah, they, like, they all got fucked with their names. Like, ACH wasn't that bad. It was initials. You could have did something. I don't even know what the hell. Jordan Miles, I think, is his name now. How do you like this one? Next match, we had Brazongo with Isaiah Swerve Scott formerly known as Shane Strickland, going against the Forgotten Sons. To be honest with you, this match, there's so much going on. I might have, like, lost my attention so much. I do remember Shane Strickland standing out, and I do remember, like always, out of the three Forgotten Sons, Gunner standing out. Um, but, yeah, once again, they lost. Rosango, um to basically uh, Isaiah Scott pinned Wesley Blake after a kick to the head. That was what happened. It was, it was probably it was it was one of the things where I was just paying attention more so. But I will say, Shane Strickland is a fucking beast, and I do really like him. I don't know why they put Tyler Breeze and Fandango back together. They could have done solo things. You know, Prince Pretty by himself was doing great in NXT, and repackage fucking Fandango and do something cool with him. He's incredible. Like for his size, he should not be able to move that way. He's like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, for Christ's sakes. Ugh. Anyways, Chris, what did you think about this match? You're going to hate what I'm about to say. Okay. We watch the match again and focus on Fandango. He was absolutely incredible. He sold. He held his gimmick the entire time. He was an absolute monster in the ring. This dude never uncommitted to that character of police male stripper <laughs> the crowd had the biggest pop from fandango of anyone in that match and wwe just couldn't give him a new name and be like here's this guy it's really good <laughs> i'm sure he was he always shows up i just didn't notice him as much but i just i still think even though they're fun and they're a funny act and i think they do the best friend thing better than the best friends because they did it first. Ooh, shots fired. Um, oh, they don't have orange. They, have, uh, they don't have orange Cassidy though. No, they yeah. don't. They don't have orange Cassidy. Second best. And technically, Cassidy's they didn't do the up. hug. Yeah, I guess. Who did the hug first? Was what, who? Who did the hug first? Kane and um and Daniel Bryan or the two of them? Chuck. The Chuck quick. and uh. <laughs> the kid. There you go. There's your answer. <laughs> click. All right. <laughs> Ruin, ruining the business for everybody. <laughs> it's gonna break kayfabe, brother. All right. So Angel Garza went against Jack Gallagher. Dude, good to see Jack Gallagher utilized. Too bad he lost, but Angel's been losing every fucking match. Um, and it was kind of cool because Leo Rush was on commentary. He's kind of positioned to look like as a baby face. He was putting over both people, saying they would be suitable opponents. He's good, man. Leo, Leo Rush is good at managing. He was one of the only. He was the only good thing about that him and Bobby thing until they, until fucking Vince started making him do the whatever over the mic while stuff was going on. That was annoying as shit. But I think that he's good on the mic. 
he was good at, at uh, doing this. I'm looking forward to seeing him in Angel Garza. Um, so yeah, it was it was uh, it was interesting. What do you think about this match, Chris? I really like Angel Garza. I don't like. I like Angel Garza as well, and I hope this turns into Leo turning on him for that match because I think Leo has given us two great matches in NXT since they went on TV, and I hope they haven't relegated him back to being a manager. Because the guy works his ass off. He's a really great worker. He's just stuck in that cruiserweight division. He's never going to crawl his way out of that thing. Um, but, yeah, I, I like this, and I like his commentary. All right. And, um, yeah, so I wasn't on that match. This next match is probably one of my bigger highlights, not because of the match, but because of what happened afterwards. The match was fine, though. Um, well, We'll get into it. Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox went against Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke. The winner was going to be going against the Kabuki Warriors for the Raw Women's Titles, confirming that the concept will still be going on with them going between all three brands. And I'm hoping we see a lot more of them going against women on NXT, basically. Um not so much – like, I, I will say, I know people are giving Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke a bunch of shit. No, they're not as smooth. They're green as grass. They're getting better. If, if you know, Dakota Kai <laughs> or Tegan Knox try to take a crack at MMA, it would probably take them a fucking while to get decent. Give them some time. Let them do their thing. They were serviceable in this match. Dakota Kai looked good. She kind of got destroyed and went towards the end, you know, baby face style at the end of the ring. Tegan Knox looked awesome. I do agree, though, with you, Chris, that it kind of looks very heelish of her doing uh, the fucking Shining Wizard or the shiniest wizard with that giant leg brace. And I'm scared every time she comes down on her leg afterwards. But uh, that no, was there. She's after- hitting someone with a – that knee brace is solid style. God damn. <laughs> Are you kidding me? How is that not disqualification? <laughs> I guess because she has to have it on to keep her leg together or something. Uh, <laughs> God. But like I said, the match was was decent. Um, it was it was fine for its purpose. Afterwards, we had Oscar and Kerry saying now both supporting makeup, which I think is kind of cool. Being heelish, uh, I loved Oscar just like just talking shit in Japanese, and Kerry saying just simply saying like We're, you're not you're not gonna win, and just doing it kind of like like like. Uh, I don't know, like, nice, like, just doing a peace sign, like, the little anime girl, like, we're going to lose, you know, that whole concept. Like, I I like them together. I like them as heels. I like that they're going to – I like that Asuka is coming home to NXT, basically. I'll just say that. Even though they'll probably go to Raw and SmackDown afterwards to do whatever, I like this as of right now. Chris, what do you think about the match and the match for next week? I like the match a lot. I love. I actually love Tegan Knox. I just hate the shiniest wizard as a finisher. Um, if anyone needs I know, a submission it makes me hold after her, after her injuries, submission hold, right? Just find something really cool. There's got to be some like a dragon sleeper with a leg wrap, like an actual arm bar, leg bar. That'd be cool. Ink lock. I don't know. I feel like there's something more that you could do with her. Um, I'm excited for the match for next week. Uh, I just, I hate the way WWE is treated. 
top Japanese talent, but that's a different story for a different day. So we'll just oh, continue. God. <laughs> hey, suck. God damn, dude. Suck three of the greatest uh, female wrestlers from over there, and also two of the male wrestlers in their respected places, and just kind of just do whatever. I mean, Kenta was known so much outside of New Japan and Japan, and Shinsuke Nakamura has influenced people like Kota Ibushi, for Christ's sakes. And they're both just watered-down versions of themselves when they come over here. I, I and mean, the, women, the only, the only they person book, who's they book, really... They, they, they book the women wrestling-wise strong, but then afterwards when it comes to them actually being in a program, nothing. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, the only person that's truly gotten over out of all of them, in my opinion, just because Nakamura is just... He just has a natural charisma, kind of like Jeff Hardy... Is Oscar? Yep. Oscar was the only person to get over, and they utilized her zero yep. percent. It makes me. Do you think? Like, do you think they're going to give her a huge pop when she comes back, regardless if she's a heel when she comes back to the performance center next week? Maybe oh, pop yeah, of the night. She's getting a pop, probably easily. I mean, I'm going to give her the biggest pop in my living room. The cats may disagree, but they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what's funny is Finn Balor, we're about to talk about him, he got the arguably the biggest pop of the night when he showed up, and people were chanting for him before he even got out. So another person this was great, coming back. By the way. <laughs> yeah, let's get into that, actually. So we had a, an awesome three-way match, and, you know, I'll give it to NXT, man. They can book three-ways because usually they're drizzling shit outside of a couple. But I really like this match between Roderick Strong, Keith Lee, and uh, Dominic Dijakovic. Basically, it was a Keith Lee and Dominic match because Roderick would get kind of destroyed uh, for part of the time. I have one point. Poor Roderick Strong. He got um, a, a feature eyes outside to the outside from Dominic. And then Dominic went inside and did a running uh, backflip maneuver over it. And then Keith Lee <laughs> fucking took out Dominic. With a Topi Conhilo over the fucking top ropes. A front flip. Completely over. Nailing him. Dude, those guys can do some really impressive stuff. I love the powerbomb off the top ropes. And I actually love the ending. I love how he got the powerbomb off the top ropes. He's about to get it. And then Roderick Strong fucking running. Knee. Keith Lee pinned. One, two, three. And afterwards, we had the Undisputed Era come out. They congratulated Roderick. They started beating down Keith Lee. Knocked him to the outside. Tommaso Ciampa's music hits. Ciampa's out with his crutch. He's coming, talking shit to the Undisputed Era. He's in the ring, squared off, ready to take them on. Johnny Gargano's music hits. Weird pairing, but hey, whatever, man. Different times. Johnny's in the ring. They're about to just, you know, DIY versus Undisputed Era. Finn Balor's music hits. And we all think it's going to be three on four. Maybe Keith, maybe if you're thinking, it's like Keith Lee will roll back in. And it'll be four on four eventually once the heels, you know, start getting the better of the three of them. No, 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 no. Instead, we have the return of the real rock and roller, Prince Devitt himself. Uh, he did the, the kick to the head of Johnny Gargano. Johnny's to the outside. The other three, or the other four, rush Tomas Chompers. I've beaten the shit out of him. Finn Balor goes outside, gives the running uh, drop kick. To uh, fucking Johnny Gargano, who, of course, like, goes over the rail, takes out the rail, and takes what's supposed to be a bunch of, it's probably all enhancement talent, 
that he just annihilated, basically. And then Finn grabs him, does the 1916 <laughs> on the fucking steel, and the Undisputed Era is trying to hold up the, the Hanson uh, symbols, and we saw Finn do something he hasn't done a long time with the two guns, at least giving them, I'm not on your team, but I helped you with this shit. I love the direction this sets up. We can see Finn become a heel again, which I think he's really good at. If you watch his New Japan work, it's just something that he is. You know, I think he's more comfortable being a heel than a stupid, happy-go-lucky fucking baby face. And the demon, I think, is still going to be a part of it. Uh, We're going to get him and Johnny, which they're going to be good matches if that happens. Um, And I I don't think this is negative. I even think that you could do a thing where he does join the Undisputed Era. Maybe he gets a UK title. Maybe there is a dispute between him and Adam. Maybe that's what happens to Finn. You know, there's so many things they could potentially set up, and what, the way they book it with William Regal and Triple H and everyone in NXT, I have a lot of hope, and ha- and I can't wait to see him and Johnny in a match. That's gonna be fucking awesome. But I was really excited about this ending. I just my my draw my jaw dropped when Finn kicked Johnny in the head. Chris, what do you think about this ending, and what do you think about that three way match beforehand? I thought three way match was. Very, very well done. One of my favorite matches of the night. Um, I'm a little torn because I think AEW had some really, really, really great matches and some that I didn't think was as good. But uh, that match was super amazing. Um, (sighs) Finn Balor's taking over the Undisputed Era. That's what I think. (laughs) It's just a Bullet Club storyline, which I'm fine with. But I, I think that's where they're gearing towards, and it's just weird that they didn't do that with a club on their main roster, which has more viewers. But okay. Yeah. Hey, if they're gonna try it on this, at least they're trying it. I do agree that should have happened in that scenario. But I was, I liked NXT. I liked it a lot, and it was awesome to watch it at the same time as another amazing wrestling show. With AEW. And we started yeah, off with King this. Of Bros. Which... King of Bros is my superhero for NXT. <laughs> even <laughs> though this is his last match, apparently, on NXT. Even though he wasn't drafted and his tag team wasn't separated, like Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, I guess that oh, he's going to fight Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. Bro, I'm going to fight you in Saudi Arabia. That's Piccoli. Anyways, um, I mean, so yeah, also... this is what the, <laughs> that's, the I mean, moment that I think everyone's been waiting. Oh, yeah. No, it is. Um, <laughs> the moment that everyone's been waiting for is our opinions on this first tag match in the uh, AEW Tag Team Championship Tournament with the Lucha Brothers and Private Party. A four-star fair from what Dave Metzler said. Four stars. Um, all right. So let me break this down. I really like private party. I think they're very impressive with some of the stuff they attempt to pull off. I think they're green as grass. I love the Lucha brothers. I love them both. I think they're better at singles competitor for some reason in America. You know, if anywhere in Mexico, they're always singles, but if you go to impact MLW here, it's like they have to be a tag team. I don't think they have to be necessarily. And I think the guys are exhausted because they're wrestling so much. Um, I also believe certain situations where they might not, they might try to plan while they're in the ring, which is fine. I don't mind calling in the ring. I think that's awesome. 
But when it comes to Lucha Libre, it can get very, very sloppy. And I just think that combination of those two, this match wasn't that good at all to me, honestly. Actually, there was so many botched Hurricane Ranas the whole entire fucking night. This one had about six of them, I think. I just thought they were just doing too much. Disregard for fucking rules. I had no clue who was tagged in. It's not so, it, Just explain to me the goddamn rules. And when two of your commentators out of the three, not the PWG guy, but the two older guys, both are getting confused and aggravated with their commentary about what the hell is going on, that's a problem. And I love the tag. Some of the tag teams that they have are fucking great. But I just feel like if the Young Bucks are not involved, you know, and we haven't seen the LAX, but I put them almost on that same type of level, the Young Bucks aren't involved, it can get really sloppy and just look like a choreographed fucking wrestling match. And I just didn't care for it. I know that some people are just going to be like, oh, it was so amazing. I thought it was whatever. And I liked the other two tag matches on the card way more so. So I'm happy for the Lucha Brothers to move on. I hope they don't win the tournament because – they can be a tag team and also be singles guys like an MLW, or they can just be a tag team and that's all they fucking do for the most part like they did in Impact. I want to see Pentagon on a singles run, and Phoenix for that matter. Chris, what did you think about this match? Did you love it? But, Dane, this is awesome. Clap, 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 clap. Uh, I thought it was a botch fest. I don't know how anyone would think anything other of this match. Like, I'm sorry. If you, you literally just watched the young bucks have a great match with private party, a very clean match, maybe not the best match of all time, but they had a great match. This match was what some might consider a spot fest. And by spot fest, I mean, they just did all of the spots. And a lot of them didn't land cleanly. And yes, the crowd was super excited. But if I'm sitting at my house watching this and I see a poison Rana on your own teammate, (laughs) I don't know how I'm supposed to take wrestling seriously anymore. Dave Meltzer, if you're listening to this, you're wrong, bruh. It wasn't a very good match. It wasn't even the best match on the show. I might put it below the Britt Bacon match. Um, I thought this was a bad match because I expect way more out of the Lucha House. Or I almost called them the Lucha House Party. <sighs> Lucha Brothers. <laughs> I expect way more out of the Lucha Brothers. They're really great. Um, I think there's great spots in this match. I think there's great things that they did in this match. But the in-between does take you out of it. And to just you know, just go with the flow and be like, the fuck-ups don't matter, and whatever happens, happens, and the tags don't matter. That's fine. Tell me that it's a tornado tag, and there's no count-outs, and anyone can be in the ring at any point in time. Or, you know, give me some idea of what the match is beforehand, and I will try to go along with it. I will suspend disbelief. But what I won't suspend disbelief on is a member of your own team giving you a poison Rana in the middle of the match. You're getting, you're getting drop kicked off someone's head, right? Like, Dane, I'm on your shoulders, right, bro? You're sitting on your shoulders, right? 
police okay. officer comes up and he drop kicks me. Wouldn't you expect me to just fall off your shoulders instead of hooking my legs as hard as possible and also giving you a Rana? I hated it. I just... <laughs> yes. And so well, there was I, a lot I of let you guys shit in this move. There's Hold a on, lot Brian. of shit in this I... match. <laughs> Uh, I, I just want to say that, you know, uh, you're lucky I didn't interrupt you about five minutes ago, but uh, I, I thought this match was great. You know, I, I thought it was incredible. It was at least four and a half stars. If it was in Japan at the Toko Dome, I would probably give it a five and a half. If it was in Japan, the best we could hope for is Minoru Suzuki slapped the shit out of one of these people. <laughs> it was like, start wrestling. Um, I did not like this match. I like both of these teams. I think Private Party had a great match with the Young Bucks. I absolutely love, love the Lucha Brothers. I think if we go back two years, I had Pentagon in my top ten favorite wrestlers of that year, and that was just Lucha Underground shit. This is not just hate for either team. I thought this match was sloppy as shit and kind of terrible. Um, in what some might consider a spot fast. Um sloppy all around. I didn't like it. Sorry, I just didn't. Get at me, dog. At Chris R. Patton on Twitter. We'll get it. All right. Um, so we had a hype video for Wardlow again. We haven't seen that since their pay-per-view. Uh, this guy is very intriguing. He looks, you know, I've looked up his stuff. He looks pretty buff. Uh, some some type of monstrous dude. Uh, they look pretty dark and ominous with the uh, package itself. And uh, it's it's interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to this guy that doesn't have a lot of a uh, hell of a lot of experience. It looks like Chris. Uh, did you see the package for Wardlow? I did. Um, I think it's great. I mean, he looks like a he looks fucking way bigger than anyone on their roster except for maybe Jack Swagger or Luchasaurus. So there's some interesting feuds there, just right off the top of my head. Um, and hopefully he's coming in and training under these dudes. I mean, like, when you have a wealth of knowledge like Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, um, Dust, Dustin Rhodes, Arn Anderson, it's not like they're not going to be able to get you up to speed. So hopefully this guy's awesome. I'm hoping so, too. Uh, you know, they could do, like, could be, they could kind of give him a Goldberg run if they wanted to. Uh, just have him just beat motherfuckers for a while and just kind of move up like that. But uh, oh, they really shouldn't. They really shouldn't. That's you know, the most anti. And I hate to pull out the MCU DC fan thing, but any Goldberg run is the most anti AEW thing you could do. Yeah, Fans you're right about that. Pissed. They okay, tried that I in agree. TNA with Crimson, who wasn't a terrible wrestler, had a great physique, but fans just to me, that is just such a hard thing to pull off. Even in WWE, they tried it with Ryback, and it kind of got over because of the Feed Me More song gimmick, but people still, like your core fan base, hated it. This undefeated streak is going to be really hard to pull off. They're going to have to do it with like a little guy, honestly. To really pull it off, or a tag team. Oh Lord! So the next match, all right? I'll say I like this tag match better than the other one. But the other uh, AEW Tag Team Championship Tournament match, we had SCU, Frankie Kazarian, 
and Scorpio Sky. Uh, Christopher Daniels is out with an injury because of what happened the week previous within storyline, and they went against the Dark Order. I think everyone, uh, most people at least, agree with me. Uh, I don't fucking get the Dark Order. I think they're good workers. They aren't scary. I thought it was hilarious. They showed the package beforehand where the last couple times they've shown him, he's got like a million putties that become his minions that become his throne. And this time they only had four dudes. So it looked really obvious and kind of weird uh, when they did the whole fucking human throne thing. I don't get the look. They did a little bit of repackaging. It would be fine. Like I said, he looks like an SN. He looks like a mix between an S and M person. Like, uh, you know, that's trying to do some naughty stuff and kind of creepy. Has like a weird van, you know, that shows up outside of Dairy <laughs> Queens and shit. And also a, a Super Mario villain character that throws hammers. I don't know what the fuck that is. They're good in the ring. He's he's actually, you know, good, but just take it from other big guys. Just get a better look. He just looks fucking silly. Either way, SCU won. I'm happy they're doing that. And even though it's kind of obvious, I'm actually happy after the storyline that they've developed. It's going to have a lot of stakes, even more so than just the titles, when it's now between SCU and the Lucha Brothers. So I do appreciate that, because if it was WWE, they wouldn't have done anything after that. That would have just been for a spot. So, there's that. <laughs> I thought the match was good, though. Chris, what did you think? I, I thought the match was really, uh, really, really well done. Evil Uno, probably the weakest link in the match, but I thought he held his, held his own for what he was trying to do. And uh, those guys overcame... Uh, overcame a lot of odds with that crowd, especially with Jericho showing up in the middle of the match and going after that huge spot fest at the beginning, which I know a lot of people liked it, but I didn't like it. So I'm going to point it out again. Um, yeah, they overcame a lot of odds to get the crowd back on their side. And, and SCU looked great, and I love they're putting over Scorpio Sky. Hopefully he breaks away for that group, uh, even if they win the titles. Maybe they put the title on Christopher Daniels and he makes a move to the singles division. And that's something they could do easily without breaking up the group. Because I don't think you necessarily have to break up the group um, for them to have a run at different titles. You know? Yeah, I do agree. I definitely agree on that. I still want... You know, it kind of sucks because if they just called their title the uh, the heavyweight world title, they could have just had a light heavyweight. Then there wouldn't have been any type of prestige over the two, really. There were just two different weight classes, like UFC does it, like New Japan does it. And then they could just have it, you know, where just certain guys go for this one, certain guys, and just make the weight classes a lot closer so you can kind of go up and down in weight in, in, in storyline. I know, I, I, I Or a TV title. Bring back that. Because we haven't had a TV title in a very long time, and I just listened to Arne Anderson no, on the no podcast. No one needs it, Kane. There's too many titles. <laughs> There's too many wrestlers on this. We need stakes. I know that you don't necessarily. <laughs> how many How many titles are there on WWE right now? 6,000. There's about 6,000 on fucking <laughs> WWE. There's about 5,000 in New Japan. They had just invented another one in New Japan. I'm just kidding. They didn't yeah, do that. Yeah, it's the but. me and you actually hold it. It's the two weight podcast title. Um, we have a no matchup against uh, that guy that used to be on the Halo podcast that I don't like, and that other dude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> 
So you know what I think I'm going to do, Chris? Start booking us in matches against other podcasters. <laughs> oh, my God. Please, let me punch some of these motherfuckers in the face. Well, when they be don't like, show up, we win. So if we book it in, like, Cornelia, Georgia, we can just... <laughs> Bro, if I can hit some of these guys that literally <laughs> bitch about their job when all they do is cover wrestling and get paid for it, if I could punch one of those motherfuckers in their face, I would. Stupid bitch asses. Well, I, I mean, Anyways. like I said, we, could just, we can just start booking them and showing up at indie events, and when they don't show up, that we're 1-0. We're already. Oh my champion. God! You're right. <laughs> Let's do it. I, I, I think they'll I'm eventually have to wrestle us in IRL. <laughs> Can Philip be our uh, Philip uh, friend of the show? Philip uh, be our manager? I'm sure I can get him to do it. We can figure Sounds it out. Good. Well, I, <laughs> I think I think what we're going to do, guys. You know, the beauty of the fact that we have two shows is that if we get to this point, I don't have to fucking try to power, you know, seven matches in less than 10 minutes. So we're going to take a break at this point and come back to you. Start it off with this thing, with Kenny Omega going against Joey Janela. We'll cover the rest of AEW. We'll go over NWA Power. We'll go over SmackDown. I might do a little bit of a mini review for Bound of Glory to get ready for Impact next week. And all the news that's been going on, we'll, we'll get that in Saturday morning. Probably at noon, I'm assuming, is what we've been doing recently. And we'll just get the rest of that done. That way, you know, with, with the nice thing about having two shows, we can't always do it because both me and Chris have lives. But we don't have to be rushed as much. We can have fun and enjoy conversation and be able to just talk to each other. And I can rant for 30 minutes about how many, how much fans piss me off like I did and chose to do at the beginning of this episode. So I apologize if you didn't like that. I still think it was good content because we were able to talk everything out and, you know, kind of just discuss stuff. And that is the beauty of the show. Chris, uh, I don't know, any uh, closing words, statements before we wrap up? Any fans that were personally offended by Dane just realize that I also made Dane upset today. It happens. <laughs> There's a support group. You can call 1-800-777-CHRIS. Also, don't call that number. I'm just kidding. Now, all jokes aside, man, great fucking show. <laughs> um, can't wait to talk about the Kenny Omega Joey Janela match. We talked about the previous one. I actually thought Janela worked his ass off, so I can't wait to talk about that. Um, everyone, tune in on Saturday. If you're a hockey fan, if you like hockey fights, if you like hockey rivalries, maybe going back to the, I don't know, the 1920s, the 1930s. Um, I got a podcast for you. It's called Skates with Throats. Look us up on Spotify. We are part of the Geek Vibes Nation. So anywhere you can find any of the good geek podcasts that were there. Uh, Dane, love you, bud. And uh, I don't know, you got anything to say to me before you leave? Listen to your brother. I'm going to tell you right now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for putting up with my shit sometimes. I appreciate it. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> You know, everyone out there, thank you guys for tuning in every week. I enjoy talking to you. I'm glad that we can start doing, like I said, two shows and uh, kind of, you know, enjoy actually having a podcast and not just be recapping, which is a very different concept, which a lot of times me and Chris are forced to do. But now that we have this option, you're going to be hearing a lot more of me rambling about shit. 
What will I bitch about next week? Tune in. And uh, actually, what I mean by next week is it's Saturday. So check out that show, Wrestling Geeks Alliance, Saturday, 12 p.m. EST, <laughs> live, blog talk radio style. And like I said, geekvibesnation.com. There you'll find all of our social media platforms at Geek Vibes Nation on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all news articles for all the things that we cover, geek-wise, and also sound options to listen. If you don't want to listen live on Blog Talk, we're also on Spotify, Stitcher. We're on so many different ones, SoundCloud, iTunes. Just search Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Search Geek Vibes Nation for the overhaul of everything. And also check out Monday Suck or Skate the Throat is the name of the uh, podcast. Good, sir. Yeah, Skate the Throat. And also, very soon, the full season recap of Wu-Tang. Do you want to do that Monday, man? Are we done? Is it only 10 episodes? That's it. Yes, then I definitely want to do it. I thought there was one, one or two more, but yes, we're doing that Monday. Let me, Everybody tune in the Wu-Tang. Let, let me make sure that's the case. I'm almost positive there's just 10 episodes. I wanted more, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's it. But if not, Wu-Tang and American Saga will definitely be re- – if, 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 it's, if it's done, it will definitely be reviewed Monday. And uh, I'm looking I will, forward I will to be the you, red Chris. man, the, the New Jersey person who got – added into the friendship later on <laughs> on this podcast. As long as we no. as long as we're not like Raekwon and, 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 and Ghostface Killer right now, you know, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, why are me and you beefing? Just because we're on Saber Who cares about Park Hill right now? <laughs> well, to be honest, you did shoot up, you know, my my place and almost killed my brothers and my mom, but Ghostface Killer is really angry on this show. That, the actor that plays him, great fucking job. Scares the shit out of me. <laughs> it's really Anyways. Great. Such a great show. Watch the show and then tune in to <laughs> the after show. Come to the, par- the party at the after party at the after party. Hit me up. You guys have a good one. Thank you so much. And peace out. Let the Geek Fives be with you guys. And I'll talk to you Saturday. See you there. Thanks, Chris. What's up? Bye.